In today's show, we break down the nine games from MLK Day. We look at waiver wire trends. We get you up to date on the news for fantasy basketball in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Weird day with the schedule. Obviously, it's MLK Day, but all the games were early. And then we just had this one game at like regular time and then like a two-hour break before we waited for the last game to to tip off. It was weird. Anyway, all the games are done. We did an injury update show earlier in the day. So we're going to talk about all that MLK Day action in today's show. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. All right, Ben Simmons is good to go. He missed the last game with a back issue, but he is fine, so that's awesome. The other good news is Paul George is back in practice. Now, they do have the Clippers a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. He has been upgraded to questionable for Tuesday. He's not going to play both of those games. There's absolutely no way, Um, but he could be back. So that's really good news. And the other interesting thing is I heard is that Kawhi is going to play Tuesday. And they said he's he's questionable for Wednesday. Now, do I think that he'll play the back-to-back? No, I don't. But them saying that he's questionable is very intriguing. And we heard last time there was a back-to-back, Kawhi said, yeah, I'm going to play a back-to-back at some point this season. I don't know when it will be. Could, could this be it, though? I don't think so. But could it? We will find out. We might have Paul George returning for one of these two games and maybe Kawhi playing both. I'm going to be very intrigued to watch the Clippers over the Tuesday-Wednesday um, brace of games. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that is really good news if you do have Paul George. Wouldn't activate him off my IL just yet. I'd like to wait and see whether he actually does play. I think it's probably more likely he play, plays Wednesday. Just give him the extra, especially if you're going to sit Wednesday. Anyway, like if you're going to sit one of the two, you might as well give the extra day's break on Tuesday and come back Wednesday. But it is intriguing that he is back and ready to go. Let's look at the waiver wire now. The top most added players. Number one, Nas Reed. Yes. We should have added him. In fact, he's been on the cover of my What to Watch For shows the last two days. Should have added him when Gobert left the last game with groin issues. Gobert, of course, played today. And guess what? You'd be shocked to know he left with a groin issue. So they have a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back the Wolves. Almost no way that he plays in those games, I would say, Rudy. And that means that Nas is going to put up, have the opportunity to put up good numbers. And a groin injury that costs you time in two consecutive games when you either re-aggravate it or it's not healed, minimum a week. I don't know. Two weeks? It has the potential for a multi-week injury here for Gobert. I don't know that. But just the pattern of that. Groin injury. Groin injury. Two out of three days. It's got the pattern of a multi-week injury. So we want to be all on Nas Reed. And he's already been added in a lot. He'll be on the top of this list tomorrow. I guarantee you. The next two. Mm, Isaiah Jackson. Yeah. He was really good. Replacing Miles Turner. Awesome. Replacing Miles Turner. Loved it. And then Miles Turner came back. And Isaiah Jackson played one minute. And I will never, ever in my life understand that from a basketball perspective. Now, I think there is politics in line here with Jalen Smith and his agent. You know, we promised him a starting job. And then when he was found to be too shit for that, well, he can be the primary backup. And he's honestly too shit for that as well. But they have to keep him in the rotation after, you know, whatever negotiations they made with the agent. But if Isaiah Jackson is good enough to replace Miles Turner and play 28 minutes a night and be actually just significantly more impactful every time he's on the court than Jalen Smith. But then when Turner comes back, he goes from 29 minutes to one minute while Smith keeps the role. Smith, not good enough to step ahead of Jackson, not good enough, but can keep the backup role. It is, it's either embarrassingly bad coaching or it's behind, and I'm not going to criticize Rick Carlisle for a lot of things because he's been an excellent coach, but that you cannot, there is no way you can justify that. There is no way you can... Um, rationalize that decision. You, you just can't. It makes no sense whatsoever. So 
I get adding Isaiah Jackson. It was the right move because we didn't know where the turn was going to play. And we saw two games of 26, 28 minutes from Isaiah Jackson with like 11 blocks across the two games, right? You had to take that chance. And then you hoped that Turner, if he did play, that Jackson had played 17 minutes as the backup. Now we're back in this iffy territory of like, how, how do we stash him? How do we stash him for the trade deadline? Because maybe if Turner's traded, Jackson starts and plays 29 minutes a night. But you might get zeros for three weeks. You might get two minutes a night. It makes it hard. Again, it puts you back into the stash territory if you've got to be in a strong position. It's annoying, and we'll get to another annoying backup center situation later on, but it's, a, it's annoying, but it's the reality of stupid coaching sometimes. Gabe Vincent. Kyle Lowry was out. Vincent had two monster games. But as, I, as we sort of thought, is that the Lowry absence helped him, but the Lowry hero absence combined really supercharged him. And Hero came back, and Vincent was mediocre. I still think he's worth holding while Lowry is out, but that top-end level is, is done. We see Preston Chua up 16% here. We see Chris Boucher up 9% as well in terms of um, the Raptors playing five games. We'll talk about that Raptors game later, but yeah. The starters play 45 minutes in an overtime game. The backups don't play at all. I'm not... I'm going to be very intrigued, and I hope someone reminds me to do this, to check back at the end of this week to see the total value of those players and can they be top 100 guys, Boucher and Achua, just through volume alone, just for last this week. I, I don't know. Terrence Mann up 14%. It's going to be really intriguing to see how they use him with Paul George back. The 40 minutes probably won't be there, but I still I still think he's worth an ad. DiVincenzo, well, I, I, re- look, I, I really don't buy him as a long-term 12-team leaguer. That's a big number. Kyle Anderson up 10%. Yeah, look, that paid off. And he, he should, I don't know why he wasn't... I know, I know why he was dropped because of injury, but he should have been added probably last week or maybe well, as soon as he come back, basically. So that's fine that he's up 10%. The most dropped players. Number one is the big fella, Patrick Williams, down 18%. Yeah, he should be dropped. He's bad. They play one game. See you later. Zach Collins down 12%. Yeah, he's in that luxury stash territory. Talked about it on the What to Watch For show earlier today. If you're in a strong position, you can hold to the deadline, but the numbers have really dropped. Alex Crusoe down 12%. Yeah, clear drop for the Rabbit Hunter. One game this week. Tim Hardaway down 11%. That's interesting. He missed one game on the weekend. Finney Smith and Josh Green are likely to return or potential to return on Wednesday. And that is going to impact him. I get it. Like, he doesn't play for two days. Totally fine. He's only a fringe guy anyway. Alec Burks down 10%. Alec Burke. Yep. No problem at all. He's only got one game this week. It's not really good. MC Hamadou Diallo. Down 9%. One game this week. 18 minutes last game. Isaiah Stewart's back. Diallo's value's gone. Easy. Kenrich Williams down 9%. Easy drop. Tony Warren down 9%. Probably wouldn't have dropped him. There's a four-game day tomorrow. The Nets play. He was quite bad last game. I think I still would have held to see what happened on Tuesday, but I get it. He's only likely to be a... um, to be a fringe sort of a guy. That's Yeah, I sort of see that's where he's going to be. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If one of your goals in the new year is to manage your budget better and to save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you, so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $270 per year. Rocket Money makes cancelling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with operators or customer service or tedious emailing back or forth. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions or manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That'll bring us into the first of the games from MLK Day and it is the Boston Celtics. And the Charlotte Hornets, first game of the day. The Celtics win this one, 130-118. There was no Jalen Brown, of course. So Maximum Derek White, who we weren't sure if he was going to play. He did. Played 30 minutes. Maximum Derek. 19-3-8. and eight. It didn't come on 80% shooting. He shot just 46%. Didn't have any defensive stats, which is unusual for him. But that's obviously really strong. And while Jalen Brown is out, there is a reprieve for him to be a 12-team league player. Tatum just dropped a casual 51-9-5 with seven triples. That's a gigantic game. And another underwhelming Rob Williams game. But should you care? Eight and nine, a block, three assists, 80% shooting. Should you care? In a points league, I get it. It's a bit annoying. He's 136, averaging 24 points. 
you know, category league, he's like 91st. And if you do want to erroneously include turnovers in your evaluations of players, he's much higher. So while it's annoying, like you picked him what, at 100, I guess, unless you were you know, silly and picked him at 60 or something like that. You, like, you, you're getting okay numbers. The minutes are fine. I think it's going to ramp up. I think you're good. It might actually be a buy low if people are frustrated. Brogdon had 16 points. Good usage of him off the bench while Smart had 10. And Al Horford, after a couple of strong games, went back to giving us nothing. 8-3-3, three, 38%. hit two threes. Importantly, he played 31 minutes. He probably still is a hold. I get it. The back-to-backs are an issue. Um, Grant Williams, who played like 40 minutes a night over the last back-to-back, played 21. Now, the numbers are still okay. Really high usage for Williams, 30%. You don't get that often. Nine points on 12 shots, but nine rebounds, six assists, and a block. He really is just a hoverer, like a hovering around the edge of a 12-team league with spikes occasionally, but very hard to predict when he's going to be big. Like, in, this game could have been big, but he only played 21 minutes. It is, he is hard to get a grasp of. I, I think he's probably someone that you always want to be looking at, and if you just do want to hold, I get it. But it's going to be ups and downs with... Very limited spikes is how I th- how I like to look at him. The Hornets. Guess who's back as the backup center? Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, really? Really? A two-game sample of Big Dick Dick Richards, you couldn't, you couldn't stick with it? We're back to Mark Williams. And we're back. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm in the mood to swear today. I don't think I should. But just know that I feel it. We're back on the luxury stash train for Mark Williams. Nine and six, 17 minutes. That's all it is. That's all it is. Because the cockroach, got to be gifted 30 plus minutes, Mason Plumley. Got to be gifted them. Leads to losses every time, but you got to be gifted them. Has to give those minutes. 19, 12 and seven. Well, but he's playing well, Josh. Is he though? He's putting up numbers. Is he playing well? I think that's... Nah, he's playing okay. Put it that way. But it's not always about... For a coach, it is. It is always about what is happening literally in this game right here, right now. What can we do in this very second? That is how coaches look. Sometimes I don't believe that should be the way they always look, but they do. Um, so I get it. Mason Plumley is a better player than Mark Williams right now. I get that. And maybe that's why I need to give Dwayne Case a little bit of credit because he's like, yeah, I sort of know what we need to do. We do need to develop some of these guys and give a little bit of priority, even though he does it in frustrating ways, like starting Marvin Bagley. Yeah, he still does it. This dickhead, never. Never. Give me the f- number four overall pick, 16 minutes a night. Number six, 17 minutes a night. Number nine, 18 minutes a night. Just never, never do it. Never play him because the cockroach is there. Anyway, that's enough of that. Jalen McDaniels, 26 points, five threes, two steals. I don't see him as a 12-team league guy when Hayward's back, but who knows when that is. But keep rolling with him now. PJ Washington, 17 and forward, two blocks. He's been pretty solid. It's sort of right on where we hoped he would be in the preseason, and then he just stung for about three weeks. Three, three weeks, Jesus Christ, no, three months. Dennis Smith played 25 minutes. There's a lot of minutes for Smitty, but you do not need him in a 12-team league. In fact, I would actively suggest you don't roster Dennis Smith in a 12-team league. There is no need for it. Absolutely none. You can stream him for steals, but you do not, ab- absolutely, not you don't have to. You absolutely should not be rostering Dennis Smith in a 12-team league. Lamello had 25, 5, and 6. His field goals are becoming a problem. Um, 35% here, but we like the counters. And then Rogier. Back to 35% shooting, yuck. But he did have seven assists, he did have three steals. It's against a good Celtics defense. He's top 50 over the last week. We're getting back um, getting back in business, I guess, with uh, Rogier after the early disappointments of this season. Second game, oh yeah, the Bucks. They beat the Pacers 132-119. As I said, Isaiah Jackson played a minute 24. He had a three in that time. Oh, no, he didn't hit a three, sorry. He had three points with one of one from the field, and that was it. He got benched. He had a 93% usage. I guess that's something. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll never understand. Jalen Smith's nothing. He's dud. He's a bust of a top 10 pick. Um, they got him for nothing in a trade because he was a bust. Them, it always confused me why they guaranteed him the starting job, but I thought, hey, there is a fantasy-friendly profile there, but he's just bad. The Isaiah Jackson thing is nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's stupid, and it's insane. Miles Turner, 36 minutes, 30 and 8, 5 threes, 4 blocks. Bloody hell, this guy's good. We hope he doesn't get traded because I think it will impact him, but that's really good. And how about this guy, the big fella, Timothy John McConnell? 32 minutes, 29, 5 and 9, 3 steals, 4 four threes from McConnell. That's when you know you're getting dicked over when McConnell's hitting 4 threes. Um, and just as the absolute topper, 69% shooting. Giggity. Now, he's obviously a clear must add everywhere. 
I was very much on the fence between him and Nempard, but I said, if he gets 25, you're rostering him. And if, I, if he gets 25, he probably is the guy you want. But I didn't, I didn't expect this. And even he didn't expect this. Nobody did. Because he hasn't played 32 minutes in the other games. He's been 25 minutes. He's been really useful. He just was 100% shooting at halftime, so he got extra playing time. So don't look at this and go, wow, you know, he's going to start and play 33 minutes every night. He's not. But this was good. But I wouldn't drop Nempard. 33 minutes is, is really good. Seven points is shit. Right? No debating that. But he shot like probably his three worst shooting games of the season have come in the last three games. Like 33% here. He had nine assists. He had two steals. He had good minutes. 18 usage is fine. He is still a 12-team league player. Budrick had 18, 5, and 5 in 38 minutes, while Ben Matherin went back to uh, old Humpty Dumpty land. 12 and 8 with no threes, bad field goals, 6 of 6 in the line. Remains not a 12-team league player. I don't know if Neesmith is either. Seven points in 24 minutes. One rebound, no other stats. He's a guy that you go, oh, he's a little flurry or something. And then he does it for four games, and then he drops off and does nothing. And he's 196 for the season. He's 354th over the last week. I don't think you need to hold him. And Chris Duarte went big last game, and then he had six points in 20 minutes because I also believe that he is very much actively not very good and was significantly overrated and it was a terrible draft pick at the time. And I don't know where his future is in the NBA. Sorry, Chris. Not that he doesn't have a future. I just don't know where it is or what it leads to. So I, I don't think you need to hold Matherin in 12s. I don't think you need to hold Neesmith in 12s. And I bloody well know that you don't need to hold um, Chris Duarte in 12s. Get that garbage out! Onto the Bucks, Giannis with a sore knee. He was probable before this game, but he didn't play. That's an L. No Chris Middleton, no Joe Ingles. So Drew Holiday had 35, 4, and 11, and Punch Bob had 21, 11. Good numbers from Bobby Portis, who just keeps on getting double-doubles. Brooke Lopez had 19 and 6, and it was also a good Grayson Allen game. Now, it did take Middleton, Giannis, and Joe Ingles being out. 32 minutes, 17, 5, and 4, two steals, three threes. They play again tomorrow. Not a bad stream, especially if we hear Yanni is out. Paddy Connaughton, like 8 and 8 in 28 minutes. How many more, like, how much more silver-plated, gift-wrapped do you need the opportunity? He'll have the occasional big game. It's one out of 10, and that's why he's no more than a um, streamable guy. I remember about a week ago, Javon Carter went crazy. Well, he had one point in 11 minutes. Again, nowhere near reliable, not really even as a streamer, because he just has these occasional big pop-off games, and then nothing happens. We also got George Hill, who'd been out of the rotation, come back for six assists, three steals, in 22 minutes. I, I don't really know what to make of that. Or you know, are we buying it? Almost definitely not. But it happened. So I've got to talk about it. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there from the NFL playoffs, college basketball season, and the NBA. They've got it all at betonline.net. You can go check out the NFL playoff odds at the moment that I'm recording this. The Cowboys look like they're going to handle the Bucks. Next week, you can get the Chiefs at 8.5-point favorites over the Jaguars. you got the Eagles 7.5-point favorites and the Bills 5-point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals. All that action is going to be up there, including the remaining game when we see the final result there for the Cowboys, which looks like they're going to get through. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info at BetOnline. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game. It is the Golden State Warriors and the Washington Wizards. The Warriors win it on the road, 127-118. Poole played 37 minutes with Clay out. 32-7-3, seven triples, two steals, and a block on 60% shooting. Just a gigantic game. He's the 12th-ranked player over the last week, and that's with Steph back. It is an absolutely gigantic sell-high opportunity. Whether you can pull it off, I don't know. I, if I'm pulling it off, I'm looking to pull it off for a top 50 player. I don't know that you can, but literally these big performances have been with Steph back. So I guess you could argue, hey, well, why can't he continue with Josh? I just don't think he's this level of shooter or player. And the minutes he has spiked with no clay, but there's an argument to be made and that's why it's a good sell high. Steph played 38 minutes, had 41. Unfortunately, that volume on field goal percentage is pretty destructive. 43% on 28 attempts hurts in fantasy, but you love the 11 of 12 from the line and the six triples. Overall, he wasn't the most impactful fantasy player on the Warriors team today, even though he scored 41. Draymond had 17, 6, and 10 with three steals, and Anthony Lamb, 10 and 5 in 25 minutes. But Wiseman, Kaminga, Igadala, Jamichael Green, these are all players, and Clay, yeah, potentially five rotation players, maybe not Wiseman, um, but some players returning to the lineup there, and Lamb's 50 days, 50 games are going to run out soon. So no, don't add him. Looney is a rebound streamer. 
two and nine for him. Or DiVincenzo had 11 and five. He played 27 minutes, but that's because Clay was out. Wigan's also a massive buy low. 32 minutes, 14, three and four. He's just been bad since he returned from the groin slash illness. He can't get anything going. No defensive stats, efficiency down. He's 203rd over the last week. While I'm not expecting Wiggins to do what he did before the illness, I'm also not expecting him to be this bad. So I think there is a little bit of a buy low. Also, just quickly, I was a big fan of Moses Moody in the draft. Ah, he looks really bad. He just looks slow. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm losing faith in him, for those of you in Dynasty Leagues. Um, no Beal for the Wizards. Well, still just... 32 points for Chris Dapps in 37 minutes. Four assists, steal, two blocks. 11 of 12 from the line is really, really good. Well, Monte Morris, is that his last to ask? 17, 4, and 10 with two steals. We know how much he struggles when he plays next to Beal. He still can be held in 12-team leagues, but he'll probably end up being a dropped. Denny Abdi is a drop. Six points in 14 minutes. Hachimura, you look at it again, you go, oh, Rui, look at 16 points, Josh. Each shit, he had 16 points. Yeah, he had one rebound, two assists, no defensive stats, and it took 78% shooting to get there, which we know. No matter how much he's improved, it's not real. So, no, you don't go and add Rui Hachimura. But what you do do, 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 is you look at Dylan Wright. Now, is this just because Beal was out? 28 minutes, 28 minutes. Nine points, seven assists, two steals. Who else can we lose minutes from? Well, there's 14 Jordan Goodwin minutes. They don't have to be there. There's 28 Corey Kispert minutes. They definitely don't need to be there. Even the 26 Rui Hachimura minutes. Do they need to be there? The 31 Monty Morris minutes. Do they need to be there? Probably not. Could Delon play 25? Could he actually play 25 with Beal healthy? And I'm going to say yes. Does that make him a must-grab player? Hmm. I don't know about that, but I'm not far away from it. And I would, I would, if I had Monte Morris, I would drop Monte and try for Delon. I, I, I would, just to see what happens. Because if Delon gets, and again, his value is really going to be assist steals with some rebounds and, and good blocks for a point guard. It's not always the most noticeable value in, in a category. The points league, I, I wouldn't worry about. Anything I say for Dylan Wright doesn't apply to points leagues. But in a category league, I'm really interested in it. And that is a good step forward. I'm also worried about Dan Gafford. 22 minutes, 14 and 5. No defensive stats, 75% shooting. Now, 22 minutes is okay. The production's okay. But instead of 27 minutes, we're getting 22 minutes. And if he gets to, if he's 22 regularly, he's not a 12-team league player. But I will hold for now. Kuzma just absolutely killed your percentages. 16, 11, and 5 is all right, but 25 from the field, 2 or 4 from the line kills you. And he's been pretty negative quite a few times recently in those um, in those percentage categories. Let us do the next game. It was the Battle of the Minutes men, the Raptors and the Knicks. The Raptors succeed in overtime, 123-121. Not really sure how the Knicks lost this one. Beginning of a five-game week, so five games in seven nights for the Raptors. So we had 45 minutes of Fred Van Vliet with a sore back. 33-5-8, two steals, two blocks, five triples. It's an amazing game considering how bad he was last game. So we love this. We just hope it doesn't actually blow him up. Siakam had 20-8, nine assists and three blocks. Bad field goals, but good otherwise. Gary Trent, after playing 20 minutes last game, played 42. Yes, 42. 18 points, four threes, steal a block, five rebounds. Pretty good Gaz Trent line. And Scotland Barnes, despite being just... 9 of 13 from the line, which is bad. He had 26, 7, and 4, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Great numbers. He's been really strong recently, Barnes, after a terrible start. Really strong. And then there was Ananobi, who had only 10 points, but 2 threes, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Great numbers for the starter. So what did the bench guys do? Oh, yeah, that's right. Nothing. Boucher had 8 and 3. To be fair, 8 and 3 with 2 blocks is not, not terrible. But he played 18 minutes in an overtime game. Achua had 8-8 eight eight with no other stats and 33% shooting in 20 minutes. I maintain that using your streamer spot on a, for a five-game week for these guys, when there's a lot of ups and downs, they're not great, especially Achua, not great permanent producers anyway. I think you got more value by streaming that spot and getting seven games played out of it. But if you had multiple streaming spots, using one for a five-game wrapped is okay. And using the other one to stream in is probably better. But these guys are just so low value on a per-game basis, that even that extra game, I'm not really sure does much. I stand by that. We'll see if it works out by the end of the week. For the Knickerbockers, Ron Barrett played 26 minutes last game. He played 49 here. So yeah, predictability of rotations. I've never heard of it. What's that? Who cares? What does it matter? We can't base anything on this nonsense, can we? 49 minutes. It's, some might say that's too many. Not me. I say play him 60 in a 48-minute game. 32-7. and seven. Guess what? He was shit from the field, but he was 10 of 11 from the line, which is excellent. So good stuff from Rowan. 
there, but we know the issues with him. That's why he is the 182nd ranked category league player this season, because he scores and he doesn't do anything else. But with him playing 49 minutes, what happened to Emmanuel quickly? Oh, he played 21 minutes. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? 14 points, one rebound, one block. So now I'm even more confused. What do I do with Quick? Is he? This is because this is what happened before the Barrett injury. Is it quickly? We played 24, then 21, then 27, then 21, then 18, then 21, then 28, and you couldn't rely upon him. And we saw the first three games when Barrett came back. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe. Oh, but maybe now, maybe not. So if you do want to move on, I get it. I'd probably wait another game. Quentin Grimes played 40 minutes. It's a lot of minutes for Grimey as well, but the production's not great. This briefcase and this haircut. It's not bad, but a 6% usage player is very hard to deal with. He had 10 points. He had two threes. He had seven boards. He had a steal and a block, and he shot really well. But if he doesn't shoot 60% on his five shots, and he shoots instead of instead of three or five, he goes two or five, then you're talking about eight points with 40% shooting, and it looks absolutely miserable. And that's the problem with a low usage guy. Is he a must for us to play? Well, definitely not in a points league. Absolutely not. Not a 12-team must in a points league, Grimes. Not at all. I wouldn't even bother with him in a points league. In a category league, he's very much a fringy sort of a player like a Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Randall had 21, 15, and 8, but was bad from both percentages. Tell me if you've heard that before. While Mitchie Robinson had 11 and 8, and Brunson weirdly bad as well. 26 points is great. It's really good numbers. But 38% on 29 attempts is horrific. And Jalen Bronson taking 29 attempts is crazy. And um, then he goes two or four from the line. So just complete negatives there with both of those percentages. So just a lot of points. But overall, a pretty bad fantasy line. The next game. It was the Pelicans and the Cavs. The Cavs win at 113-103. No Ingram, of course. No Herb Jones. No um, Zion Williamson. So Valanciunas played 35 minutes. Jonas Vasu Inuasas. Again, that's not a surprise. This is why context, past stats, none of that means anything. Not context, sorry. You, absence of context. Looking just at past stats or what happened the last couple of games actually doesn't mean anything unless you interpret it. Because we could look at what Valanciunas has done all season and shown how bad he's been. But as soon as Ingram and Zion are out, the minutes are going to go up. And the production goes up, and he has 22 and 13 on 78% shooting. And he's going to post top 40 numbers until these guys return. Probably until Zion returns. And then when Zion's back, he's going to be outside the top 100 again. And then the opposite is going to happen to Larry Nance, who played 15 minutes with four points. And you do not need to roster Larry Nance until Zion comes back, I don't believe. Nance's value, again, I will... I won't die on this hill because I'm. This is not worth dying over. Like it just isn't. But I'll, I guess, die on this hill. That Nance is getting more minutes when Zion plays, and Nance is worse off when Zion is out. And I reckon, I reckon it's stacking up that way. Najee Marshall was pretty empty, but we're still going with him and Trey Murphy. Three good ones in a row. Seventeen points, three threes, two assists, two uh, one steal, fifty percent shooting. Both Marshall and. Murphy remained 12-team league players. 34 minutes from Alvarado's lot. 10 points, 3 steals, 5 assists. His minutes have been up the last couple, but he's probably more looking like a 14-team league guy. While CJ McCollum, not a great game. 25 points is good, but no assists, no steals, no blocks. And just 40% on large volume. For the Cavs, the big story here is Donovan Mitchell. He's gone. He's good. He played 22 minutes. He had 11 points. No real supporting stats at all. Shot 33% and hurt his groin. We know the rule of thumb generally: soft tissue injury, leave a game, can't return. Um, you're gonna, it's a, it's a week, two weeks, and then the post game quote from JB Bickerstaff saying, "Yo, I don't, I don't actually know whether he was available to return. Like my guy JB, like if you, if he was available to return, I can assure you, someone would have told you. So I don't know what the point of that answer was. Actually, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just." If, if a player's there on the bench, I just look over and point at him and then they go out. Really? You, you sh- Yeah, okay. Does this guarantee that Mitchell's going to miss time? No. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised. So what do we do? We grit our teeth, we pin our hair back, and we add Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Now that's an odd thing to say, again. And that's why I feel confident that like things like AI will never take over from... Yeah, fantasy advice or fantasy projections from people doing it for real. Because, or even like any sort of statistical analysis thing that uses past game numbers. Because you look at this, and Karis Levert has 8.0 rebounds, 2 assists, 
no steals, no blocks, no threes. And I'm here telling you, yeah, add him. And me, noted Karis LeVert hater. And if you didn't know the context around it, there's no way you'd look at that and go, well, look at that. What a line. Let's go. Add Karis LeVert. Well, fantastic. That's so good. Let's do it. That's why context is important. Because now what happens? If Donovan Mitchell misses, LeVert starts, plays 34 minutes, probably has 20 points, five rebounds, five assists on 38% shooting, whatever. But the volume's there. All right. This is what we need from LeVert. So while this is absolutely a putrid, pitiful, dreadful game, if much like adding Nas Reed with Gobert maybe out, if Mitchell's maybe going to be out or likely going to be out, we add Levert, despite this being just a line that smells a lot. Isaac Okoro was good, 29 minutes, 11 points, two threes, two steals. On one of my recent shows, I said, look, it's, he's been better, but he plays 28 minutes and 18 minutes and 21 minutes and 28 minutes, and it's all over the shop. This was good. If Mitchell is out, I'm not adding Okoro. I don't think he's got any juice to ramp up. Two threes and two steals is nothing to sneeze at. And it's nice for 16-team leagues, but that's probably about it. Garlow, 40 minutes, 30 and 6, 11 assists, great. Mobley, 19 and 8, hit free throws, fantastic. And Jarrett Allen, 24, 11 and 5, two steals and a block. One of his better games, really a big, big performance. I'd also look in deeper leagues for the Discman, C.D. Arsman. He only played five minutes here with one point, but he had a few 20-minute games recently with Mitchell or Garland out. So just watch that. As for Rick Rubio, two points in 17 minutes. I like Ricky Rubio a lot. He's been one of my, literally one of my favorite players in the NBA since I've done this podcast. But in a 12-team league, Get that garbage out of here! You, you just can't hold, you just can't roster him. Because you can't have him in your IR. You're just getting no, no production for an upside of, I don't know. Now, in saying all of this, if this was a situation where he was ready to go and Mitchell was out, then bloody hell, I'd love it. But he's not ready to go. And I don't know that Mitchell's out. So I, I just, I don't think, well, two games in, three games in, okay, all right, Rick, can you go play 30 next to Garland for us? I, no, it's just not going to happen. So I know, I'm not holding on to Ravishing Rick Rubio. Unless we hear that Mitchell's out for like three months, which would be a disaster, um, then maybe we get, in two, three weeks' time, we can get Rubio being useful for us. Maybe. But I'm not, not really confident of that. Let's do the next game. It is your Miami Heat they lost to the Hawks, 113-121, the final score. James Butler had 34 points with two steals and a block, and another player with 69% shooting. Giggity. While Adebayo had 20 and 13, five assists, three steals, and three blocks. A great game from Bam. Really, really good. But as I said earlier, Gabe Vincent started for Lowry, played 26 minutes, and had 10, 3, and 3 with two steals. Oh. Okay, that's because Hero came back and took 16 shots and had 15, 5, and 4. So we know it now. It's got to be Hero and Lowry out for Vincent to go big. And otherwise, he just becomes an okay 12-team league player. Oladipo had seven points on eight shots, which is terrible. But six rebounds, 10 assists, and a steal is good. He remains a 12-er. While Caleb Martin returned, played 26 minutes, had two steals, but we're not looking at him as 12-team league valuable. Winner soldier, Max Struess, 28 minutes for him, 13 points, two threes, pushing back to 14 or 16-team leagues. For the Hawks, Clint Capella returned. Lisa needs braces. And as expected, he played low minutes. I didn't expect him to come off the bench. But 21 minutes, 12 and 6 with three blocks. That's actually a really good line. So if someone was panicking and dropped him, which I actually know people that did that, go and add him, please. As for a Kongwu, 27 minutes, 8 and 3, a steal and a block. Now you look at that and you go, oh, or I guess it's done. And I'm like about to leak Corso, you would say, not so fast, my friend. Because 27 minutes is still good enough. Now, will it be a 27-20 minute split next game? I don't know. It could be 25-23. could be 24-24. I will hold it, and I'll hold it for one more game after he goes back to 20. I won't drop him just yet, because very easily in 27 minutes, he could have had 12 and 6 with three blocks. Exactly what Capella had in 21 minutes. So I wouldn't move on from a Kongwu just yet. It's happening. We're going to move on, but not just yet. Trey Young had 24-3-8 with four steals. He's actually number nine over the last week, so really starting to ramp back up. And DeJounte Murray, 28-4-7. Great line from him. Five threes, two steals, a block. Excellent field goal percentage as well. And Hunter, oh, I knew it. This sneaky prick. He couldn't keep it up, could he? 15-4-4, no steals, no blocks. Back to being a 12-team streamer, 14-team league player. Bogdanovich stunk. Eight points, 18%. Huge buy low. If someone dropped him, I would add him. But I don't think he's a top 100 player at this point. He's 120th. 125th, that sort of a guy. Um, and Johnny Collins had 14 to 4. Not, not a good night there for him. He, he is a huge buy low at the moment, John. Really struggling to string together consistent performances. Foul trouble being a real problem for him as well. 
the Utah Jasmine. They beat the um, Minnesota Timberwolves 126-125 without Larry Markinen and Kelly Olenek. Hmm. How about Walker Kessler? 31 minutes. 20 and 21. Four assists, two blocks. Guess what he shot from the field? Giggity. Yeah, 69%. Must roster has been for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Is this because Markinen and Olenek are out? A, a little bit. But... I don't really see how they can move him back to the bench when they return. I just don't think they can. So I think that Kessler, honestly, a legitimate chance at top 50 rest of the way. He's 26th over the last week. He's a legitimate top 50 chance the rest. I don't think he'll be top 50. He's a top 50 chance. You cannot leave that on the wire. You cannot. Conley, 14, 8, and 6. Strong game from him. Well, Vanderbilt was also pretty solid, but he is going to be the one who loses out. 15 and 8, 4 assists. Still holding, but he's very much on the fringes. Sexton did... This is a Sexton-y thing. 19 points. Ooh. But no threes, no steals, no blocks. Took 70% to get there. 14-team league. No, guy, no worry. No worries, is what I'm trying to say. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Yeah. 21 points, but really inefficient and not much else. Not his best work, but he's remaining a 12-team league player. Well, Beasley... Played 33, which is probably the number I'm focusing on more. 33 minutes, 10 points there. Still keep holding him while those guys are out. But I am interested in the fact that they played Oshai Baji 31 minutes. He did well, 17 points. But it seems like every game that he does well, it's on shooting that comes out of nowhere. 75% shooting. Great. But oh, So what else did you do? Oh, nothing. Two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals. He blocked a shot. The 31 minutes, why are they there? And when Mark and Linux come back, he might play 21, might play 22. But not 30. I, I wouldn't add him in 12s. Alexander Walker had 10 minutes. Horton Tucker played 8. So Ibarge is ahead of those guys. We can see that. And he's ahead of Rudy Gay, who played only 10 minutes. But not someone I'm rushing to add. For the Wolves. As I said, Gobert, 5 minutes he lasted before leaving the game. So we're adding Nas Reed. And Reed wasn't great here. 22 minutes with 5 fouls. So 7 and 7 with 2 blocks. But I don't care. We still got to do it. And Kyle Anderson triple doubled. 13, 11, and 10 with a triple 1. Ray Felton will be proud. He's a must roster. While Goose had 24, 5, and 3. Three steals and four triples. He didn't shoot particularly well here, Edwards. 40%. He took a lot of shots. 34% usage. But not particularly good. He's still been like, pretty solid. But wouldn't say he's been blowing us away this season. He hasn't taken the gigantic leap that a lot of people expected. And also, look, some things just stick in my head. And you, know, you just hear things. And someone told me that I'm constantly gargling on Anthony Edwards' nuts. Or I've got his rooster emoji in my mouth all the time. Now, I couldn't think of a player that I that I am less of a stand of. Like, I don't dislike the guy, but am I actually out here singing Anthony Edwards' praises at all stops? What do people listen to? I honestly, sometimes, maybe my interpretation of the way that I feel about Edwards in my head doesn't come out through my mouth. Probably because his cock's in there, apparently. But to have the opinion listening to me go, Josh, absolute Anthony Edwards stand. Just that's all he, that's all he says. He's the only player. He, nothing, that's not just him. I... I, I I don't get it at all. I don't understand it. D'Angelo Russell, 21 and 7 assists. Eh, not a bad game from him. Well, Noel got hot again. And when he gets hot, he puts up more shots and gets more minutes. 16 points in 22 minutes. But we know that um, Jordan McLaughlin's still a way away. So there's big opportunity for Noel. Jaden McDaniels, he cannot stay out of foul trouble. Five points in 21 minutes, two steals. He's been solid, but still not really able to consistently crack the top 100. And in a points league, he's like 142nd. You do not have to roster Jaden McDaniels in a 12-10 points league. You do not have to. You can, but he is by no means a must-roster player in a points league. By no means. In deeper leagues, you might want to look at Luca Garza if Gobert is out. Now, he didn't play well here. Three points on seven shots. But he had been getting the bulk of those minutes over Nathan Knight as the fourth string center. So keep an eye there. Well, Torian Prince in deeper leagues also. He had an unconventional Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. 12 points, two threes, one steal, two blocks. Now, I should have said this earlier, but I'm dumb because you know, I don't like self-promoting myself. But I really would like to hit 60,000 subs before the All-Star break. That would be awesome if I was able to do that. So if you are watching this and you're not subscribed on YouTube, please consider a subscription. I really just want to hit that 60,000 mark before... Hey, I want to hit 100,000. I want to hit a million. That's not going to happen anytime in the immediate future, but I want to hit 60,000 in the next five weeks. So if you are watching this and not subscribed, which I know there's about 26, 27% of you that aren't, if you could do that, it would be great. And then we could push up 
towards that 60,000 mark. So if you could do me one favor, and if you've enjoyed the content that you've seen this season, hitting that subscribe button would be awesome. So I thank you in advance. The next game. Um, the, the Suns, and I know the reasons, but they're legitimately trash. They are bad. You expect them to lose by 30 every game. So they get blown out by the Grizzlies. And you go, oh, yeah, fair enough. 136-106. No Chris Paul, no Devin Booker, no Cam Johnson. That's a big deal. But I don't know. There's, there's something wrong here. There's something really not right. And it all sort of started with that loss to Denver last year, maybe. Not Denver, to Dallas. Game seven. And then the eight and stuff in the offseason. And now Chris Paul injuries and this terrible losing streak and Devin Booker injuries. Stuff isn't right. And we talked about them in the offseason having absolute shit-stained vibes. And they came out and they started it really hot. And I go, oh, I guess that was bullshit. Uh, maybe not. Oh, yeah, also Jay Crowder, who is not holding out because of money. He's not holding out because he lost his starting job. He's not holding out for... What's he holding out for? Oh, because Monty Williams said a bad word. What's he holding out for? I don't know. Bridges was pretty good. 30 minutes, 21 points, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. We've needed this. He had some real struggles, but turning it on at the moment. Also, a really good game from Dario Saric. 12.7 rebounds, 5 assists. And honestly, the only player that's returning soon here is probably Chris Paul. Will they continue to go to that big lineup with Saric at the 4? I really I don't think so. But with Saric playing solidly, maybe they can. Now, they're getting smacked by 30. So how solid can you actually be? But his numbers have been all right, at least enough to look at in deeper leagues. Ayton had 18 and 5, and I'm sorry, he's just not a ramp-upable star-level player. He, I just don't think he is. Landry Shamet played point guard, 9, 4, and 6. His shooting has been atrocious, 22%. But the 6 assists is interesting. If Chris Paul is out next game, he is the guy to add. It's not Dwayne Washington who got DMP'd because, as we've said a lot of times, he's not very good. And he's wildly inconsistent. And he just jacks up shots. And he's always, always able to put up numbers when he is the seventh option. Oh, 20 people out. Dwayne Washington must be your turn. And even then, we'll only play 24 minutes despite literally no one else that can dribble being on, uh, on the roster. They signed Saban Lee straight out of in and out. He comes in, plays 28 minutes, has 10 points, two rebounds, three assists, and plays over Washington. Now, is Lee a 12-team league guy? Absolutely not. Is he a 20-team league guy on a 10-day? Uh, probably not either. But he's playing over Dwayne Washington, which should tell you what you need to know about Dwayne Washington. Damian Lee, eight points with nine assists. Didn't shoot well, but he's got some streaming value while these guys are out. While um, Shamit, oh, I talked about Shamit already. Um, Tory Craig stunk, four points, 25 minutes. He's probably okay as a 12, but... I don't feel strongly about it, and you definitely don't have to roster him. You can at least you can try it, but that's about it. For the Grizz, Des Bain, only 27 minutes because it was a blowout, but 28 points on 83%. Yeah. Six assists and two steals. His assists and steals have been a little bit down, so it's good to see them back up. Jaron played only 26. He had 18 and 8 with two steals and six blocks. Just a lazy six. And Jar had 29, 2 and 7 on really good numbers. Like these guys are dominating. Absolutely dominating. Apart from um <laughs> apart from Dylan Brooks. The world. That's a bit unfair because he did shoot 50%, but he had 9-2 and two in 24 minutes and obviously shouldn't even be sniffing the dirty jocks of your 12-team roster. Don't even get him near it. Don't even let him infect it. Tyus Jones was solid, 10-5-8. and eight. The luxury stash remains. You hold him. You get value, some value, back-end value, Tory Craig-level value, and then you hope. Well, you don't hope, but you, you know that if Jar do, does get down, you've got a top 50 asset sitting there. But it's hard to do. That's why he's got some value. And Steve-O Adams, 8-9, and nine, definitely not an inspiring performance. But for the team, yeah, it was. They dominated. All right, let's do the last game of the night because it involved the Lakers. That It had to be stupid, and it was. The Lakers beat the Rockets 140 to 132. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Yeah, it's pretty delicate. 17 steps, all right. Alperen Shingun played 37 minutes. There's your number one indicator that things must have been pretty weird. 33 and 15, six assists, two threes, four blocks, 82% shooting. Would have been better if he didn't miss a couple of free throws late in the game. 100% on his threes. Just an astonishingly good performance from Shingun, who now moves into the top 35 over the last week. Um, it has been said a million times. So some might say it doesn't need to be said anymore. But Stephen Silas is a dreadful coach. The fact that we had this bloke benched so that Bruno Fernando could start. The fact that we ran a three-center rotation, including Ujman Garuba and Bruno Fernando. The fact that he consistently would play 27 minutes or fewer. 
so that the ball could go through Jalen Green and Jabari Smith when he has clearly been the team's best player all season, continues to be the team's best player, and I would add, at least in the discussion, to be the team's best prospect. Everyone could see it. Actually, not true. A lot of people could see it. And I don't know if this is the floodgates opening. I don't know if this is Shengun getting the position in the rotation that he needs. I still think he could have done more here, to be honest. Um, but it's embarrassing of a look to have gone through 50 games and finally we see what most people have already seen. Oh, he's going to be a monster. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Anyway, KJ Martin started with Kevin Porter out, 17-7 and seven with two blocks, but Porter is likely back next game. So while it was a nice little run from Martin, I don't think you need to add or hold. I also am not sure whether you need to hold Jabari Smith. Now, we sort of rescued the line in the end here, 28 minutes uh, with 14 points. Ah, Smitty. But it's just, there's just no real signs of big stuff coming. Again, this is not a bad line. He's like 120th or so after, uh, over the last week, and if you punt field goals, it's a little bit higher. But it's just still consistent frustration with his role, usage, minutes, shooting percentages. And sometimes, it's just too much to bear. So if you wanted to drop, move on. I wouldn't drop Jalen Green, who stunk in the first half and was pretty good in the second half. Still 23 points on 35% shooting. It's a consistent theme. Three threes, five rebounds, three assists. He's not taking any steps forward, but 39 minutes got him there with volume. They're, by the advanced metrics, their top three players this season are Shengun and Kevin Porter and Tari Eason. Yet Eason plays well consistently and played 20 minutes, 9-7 and seven with a block. There is no doubting, in my mind, Tari Eason's ability. There's no doubting Tari Eason's fantasy contribution ability, but there's a big doubt of him ever getting those minutes, and that doubt is almost 100% real to me. I don't see how he's playing 27 minutes a night. Unless a big shakeup occurs, it just isn't happening. At least he played more minutes than Jay Sean Tate, because Jay Sean Tate is highly overrated, but it's not going to be the case every night, and Porter still has to return. So don't look at this game. We're 9-7 with a block. okay, but I thought he was very, very good in this game, Eason. We don't need to have him in 12-team leagues. Eric Gordon's last couple of games have been all right, 19-2-8, but he's still just a 14-team league player. And yeah, Tate had 7-1-4. and four. You, you do not need Jay Sean Tate in a 12-team league. Get that garbage out of here! Um, LeBron. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. 36 minutes for LeBron. 48 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. 92 from the line, 62 from the field, five threes. How is he doing this? The man is 38 years old. How is this happening? I, I, I don't know. His teammate, Anthony Davis, Shams reported today that they are hopeful to get a couple of games for him in before the All-Star break, and he should be back at some point in early February. It's not an encouraging report, is it? Still, So that's maybe still a month away? Three weeks? Not great. Let's talk about his replacements. Let's talk about the tank, Tom Bryant. He, honestly, he's bad. Like, he's just bad. He puts up some numbers and it gets people hard. But 6 and 6 in 18 minutes, 2 blocks, 17% shooting, minus 10. That's three terrible games in a row. He's getting outplayed by Winnie and Gabriel consistently. Is Thomas Bryant a drop? It's a really hard question to answer. I What I am really confident in is that we're not going to see 28 minutes of Thomas Bryant when Anthony Davis returns. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to play them together. Get that dream out of your head. It's not happening. I told you it wouldn't happen. It's definitely not happening. So there is a definite shelf life on even the potential of Bryant's value. Now, Bryant was putting up really good numbers, but he's not now. So if you did drop him through frustration, through looking at the trajectory, which is horrible, the trajectory, it's dreadful. And if that trajectory continues, there's no, you don't don't want Tom Bryant with what he's doing here outside the top 200 over the last week. No one would want that. And if you make a mistake and then he comes back and plays 30 minutes and goes 9, 10, and 12, it is a couple of weeks that you have to deal with that, not rest of season. I probably would lean like 51-49 towards keeping Tom Bryan in 12-team leagues, but I'm not stuck on it. And then the guy who's actually playing well is Wenyan Gabriel. 14-9, and nine, a steal, and two blocks. That's three strong games in a row. He's actually a top 100 player, actually a top 90 player over the last week. Does that make him a 12-team at? It makes me bloody think about it. I know that. And I would add him in 14-team leagues without any doubt. Now, if you don't happen to grab a Nas Reed or a Karis Levert, who I think have probably a little bit more short-term appeal, you could look to Gabriel. 
I've seen Gabriel play before. I've seen him have good moments with the Pelicans. I've seen him have good moments with the Lakers. I've seen him have bad moments a lot of the times. So I'm not ready to buy in fully on him. And I don't know that Darvin Ham is going to make a change and start him and play him 30 minutes. It'll be trying to scrounge for 20 plus minutes off the bench. And that generally is hard to do. But in a 14-team league, I would be okay taking the plunge. And, I, and I'm not... Like if you said to me, hey, I dropped Brian and grabbed Gabriel, I'd say, oh yeah, I say, oh yeah, I get it. I don't think I would do it. Because again, it's three games, Gabriel, 15 games, Bryant. So, but it is moving clearly in that direction. But as we've seen, when things move in a direction, shout out to Isaiah Jackson, it doesn't mean that the next game it sticks. The other thing I know is that Dennis Schroeder is bad. Nine points in 33 minutes, 33% shooting. When we talked about unsustainable hot shooting, I said, look, there's no way. This is no way. He's shooting at this ridiculous rate and it's not going to continue. And now he has been absolutely piss poor since then. No threes, no peripheral stats, nothing. And it's going to get worse when Reeves and Walker and eventually Davis comes back. And him, I would jack him off with the power of 20 suns. Get that garbage out of here! S-U-N-S. Get that garbage out of here. He's so bad. He makes no sense on this team. Piss him off. Westbrook had 24, 5, and 4 and was pretty efficient. Good game from Russ. While um, Troy Brown started over one Toscano Anderson, hit a couple of threes, had a steal and a block. He's like a Nico Batum level 14-team streamer type player, I think, Troy Brown. Beverly returned, had 11 points with three threes. And Kendrick Nunn, yeah, okay, cool. 15 points in 24 minutes. And uh, I don't want to talk about Kendrick Nunn anymore. The lines of the night. Your monstrous line of the night is Jason Tatum. That monstrous line of the night was going back and forward between Tatum and Shengun over the last two minutes of that game. And then Shengun's missed free throws pushed him down the list. So the line of the night is Tatum. The waiver wire line of the night is Winyan Gabriel. The young gun is the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. And the dud of the night is Isaiah Jackson. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one was Tatum, followed by LeBron, Drew Holiday, Alperen Shengun, Timothy John McConnell. He's at five. Miles Turner's at six. Van Vliet's at seven. Jordan Poole is at eight. Jared Allen at nine. And Jim Butler at 10. Your top 10 players rostered in 50% of leagues or fewer. Wenyan Gabriel's at one. Grayson Allen's at two. Maybe stream tomorrow, especially depending on the status of Giannis and Middleton. Three's Alvarado. Not really. Right. I spoke about him at length, Delon. He's maybe an interesting guy. The minutes would be something to watch for sure. Five is Agbaji. Not really interested there. George Hill. Absolutely not. Number six is Dario Saric. Maybe. 14 team league, maybe. Torian Prince at eight. I like him for the three games in four nights coming up. Grant Williams, probably more 14 than 12, but his numbers stay were okay. And then 10 is Dyson Daniels, which I'm not really that interested in. Number, well, the top 10 here in points leagues. Number one was LeBron, followed by Shangoon, Tatum, Van Vliet, Holiday, Adebayo, McConnell, Kessler, Darius Garland, and Miles Turner. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up, but more importantly, subscribe. Let's hit 60,000. Operation 60K. Give us the thumbs up. Give us the notification bell as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.